Hi and welcome to another new episode of my podcast titled The Truth for Youth. My name is Bintu St. Jean, your host, and in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the topic, Show Thyself a Man. Now, this episode, I believe, is one that is very important, considering that we are talking about manhood. When you understand how important a man is in society, you understand the place and position that a man holds in a family, the idea of manhood is one that I believe is very necessary to understand in the times that we are living in. And I believe that if our young people, our young men, can understand what it means to be a man, it would do well for our world, for our society, and even our community. And so dive with me in this episode as we unravel true manhood in the title, Show Thyself a Man. What constitutes a man? What is the very embodiment of a male figure? What is the very ingredients or quality that makes a man a man? Men have a very powerful presence in our world, and the need for men is in great demand. But I believe the answer that society must ask themselves is what is a man? Is being a man means driving an F-150 trunk? What is being a man means living in a huge house in Malibu? What is being a man means having all the zero zeros, the checks and balances, and cash? What does it mean to be a man? You know, I believe that this is a question that shouldn't just be left to society, shouldn't be left to community leaders, but I believe that this question is a question that should be asked even by our youth. I believe that every young man should ask themselves this question of what does it truly mean to be a man? Now, there's many ways and aspects we can go about this. Um, I outlined a few. And so, as we look at the few points, I want us to consider these points as we try to unravel what it truly means to be a man. The first thing that we should understand when considering manhood, and I believe that everyone agrees with this, is that a man should be a provider. And another word for provider is a breadwinner. You know, back in the days, um, around the ancient times, men used to go out and they would hunt for animals. And while they would go out hunting, the wives would usually stay home and the men would come back uh, with the very animals that they went out and hunt for. And so it was always accepted in society, in every tradition, it's almost a no-brainer that a man should be a provider for his family, 
A man should be one who is able to bring income into the household that a man himself must be aware of his responsibility of taking care of his home and even taking care of himself. And so this idea of a man being a breadwinner and a provider is one that I believe is very important for men to understand. Because even God, when he created Adam, God put Adam to work. You know, God did not uh, allow Adam to live a life of idleness. He didn't let Adam live a life of carefreeness and amusement. The Garden of Eden was not an amusement park. But as soon as God created Adam, he told him to till the land, to work it, to cultivate it. So one of the first aspects and principles that we, we consider manhood is providing. Now, the second thing that I believe it's important for us to understand as men is also that of vulnerability. Now, this one is an interesting one because it is popularly believed that men who show emotions are weak. That if a man cries, then he's not a man. And whenever a man does show his emotions, he's told to man up. Stop being soft. Straighten yourself up. But Jesus was the most powerful man to walk the earth. And he wept. You see, weeping is not a sign of weakness. Weeping is a sign of humanity. Men are humans. Humans cry. When a man is crying, he is tapping into his human side. As men, we hold things a lot longer, a lot deeper than women. We keep our faults, mistakes, failures, and negative emotions in a very deep vault. And sometimes the only way for these emotions to be properly dealt with, we have to cry. Now, men cry all the time. They just cry in different ways. Instead of crying out in tears, some men cry out in anger. Instead of crying out with sobbing, some men cry out with frustration and aggression. Men channel their emotions differently to still maintain an image of manliness. But the truth is, a man who cries is man enough to do so. Because crying implies help. It implies he cannot do it alone. And no man is meant to live in an island. And this shows strength. I have more respect for a man who is not afraid to show his emotions than a man who has the same desire to do so, but fears so because of what others might think of him. You know, there's something about a man crying that should move the world. You know, a child, when they cry, they can cry about anything. And you can't trust a woman when she cry because you don't know if she's crying for real or if she's crying for attention. 
You don't know if she's crying out of a broken heart or if she's crying because she broke her nail. That's not always the case, but women do have a way of using their emotions to have their way. And they know this. But when a man cries, when a man cries, you know something is wrong. You know that it's it's something deep. Whether it's confronting with his past or simply feeling the overwhelming bearing of life, nine times out of ten, this is the case. You can be sure that when a man is showing his emotions, it's something that should never be taken lightly. There's a saying that says, you don't beat a man while he is down. But when a man is down, we beat on his manhood. We question his masculinity. We live in a society that would accept a man who would show his pecs, a man who would show his biceps, his athletic abilities, his financial net worth, his intellectual gift, his garage of foreign cars, before they accept a man who shows his emotions. You know, I'll never forget the one time I heard my dad cry. And it's very rare that my dad shows emotions. The one time he cried, it was from the suffering of the pain of a very horrific accident of which I was present in the past. But this one was much different. It was a matter of him losing our closest uncle, who was his closest brother. You know, I'd never seen my dad cry so much. His eyes was filled with so much tears, days and nights of nonstop sobbing. I mean, he was just broken and torn apart. It amazed me because I've never seen him at such a vulnerable state. Because I've always seen my dad being strong. I've always seen him pull through through the toughest days. And this moment, I believe, was one of his weakest. But I could also remember vividly family members telling him to get over it. I could remember family members telling him, it happened a year ago, why are you still crying? And it never ceases to amaze me that men who cries or men who shows emotions is treated by society as anyone but a man. We live in a world that is more ready to accept men who inflicts pain than to accept men who are inflicted by it. It's okay to show your emotions. Shedding is necessary to growing. I mean, I've cried plenty of times before. Sometimes in my room, other times in my car, and even in public. You know, I also have a sister who is gravely ill. And I'm also the godfather of her son. And usually when you think about being a godfather, you never really contemplate the real reality of fulfilling the intentions of being one. But when I got the news that she was really ill, I couldn't bear the thought and I cried. 
A man is a human. You're not a robot. You're not a savage from the jungle. Jesus was considered a man of sorrows. You know, we have men who know how to carry a 200 pound barbell. They know how to bench press over 400 pounds of steel and metal, but are crushed by the mental barbells of the burdens of life. You see, it takes real strength for a man to navigate thoughts of disappointments, guilt, tragedy, mistakes, and negative feeling of inadequacy that men often face in this world. As men, it's okay to tap into your emotional side. And I say emotional and not feminine because a boy and a girl both cry when they are born. Another fallacy concerning manhood that is heavily believed in society is lifestyle. Oftentimes as men, we are often bombarded with the unrealistic artificial standards of a man. As we mentioned before, a man is a breadwinner, but winning bread in our society is not enough in order for a man to be considered a man in our world. Winning bread won't do. He must win the lotto. He must hit the jackpot. It's not enough to bring the whole wheat. You got to bring the whole bag and secure it. This concept of this lifestyle is heavily pressured upon men. Get rich and or die trying lifestyle. There's nothing wrong with having things. But there's something wrong with seeing things as the qualifications of the measuring stick of a man. A man is not a man by what he possesses. Knowing this world, men are in hot pursuit for money, fame, power, and women to feed their inner ego and climb a false ladder of manhood. Men who thirst for power are the first to abuse it. Never give power to a man who thirsts for it. There's a famous quote that says, if you want to know a man's character, give him power. Manhood is never measured by tangible materials. A man is measured by the fabric of character. Moral power is the greatest power a man can possess. Money is the power that rules the world. But a man who possesses moral power can't be bought with it. Integrity, honesty, diligence, compassion, service, brotherhood, an indomitable will, an uncompromising stance in his beliefs. This is what makes a man noble. The true test of manhood 
is how you use your influence, your position, to help impact your world. We live in a time where our world is in need of men with moral courage. It is often true that a man who decides to be a Christian or religious, he's often considered or looked upon as soft. And many times he's not taken as seriously as he was taken before. So if a man starts going to church, people doubt his sincerity. People doubt his conversion. It's funny, because when a man is actually trying to better himself, the world doubts his sincerity and criticizes his decision. So not only in our society do they beat men down while they are down, but they try to hold men down when they try to hold themselves up to a higher standard. Personally, when I became a Christian, my friends didn't believe it. They watched my every word, my every move, everywhere we would go. And when they didn't hear a cuss word or I entertained any of their conversations, they realized, yep, we lost Bintu. It's official. And I've met and spoke with brothers who's experienced the same thing in their conversion. Their friends often criticize their decision and are seen as oddball. That is not to say that a man who goes to church is better than a man who doesn't. It's far from what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the safest measuring stick to measure a man is by what he says and what he does. There's a quote that I really like by Malcolm X. And... He puts it this way. I have more respect for a man that tells me where he stands, even if he is wrong, than for a man who shows up like an angel, but is nothing but the devil. I take a man at his word. If a man tells me something, as a man I'll believe it by seeing it in him. Don't tell me to be somebody you're not and vice versa. That's integrity, sincerity, and fidelity. Jesus had a hard time with men who were in the church than he did with men outside of it because they were wishy-washy. They were double-minded. They were one thing in conversation and a whole nother in conversion. Men are needed who are authentic. Authenticity, vulnerability, and sincerity are keys to moral courage. Men who are authentic about their intentions, mindset, and values. Men who are vulnerable when considering their mistakes, need for help, and guidance. Men who are sincere about their responsibilities and changing the world and impacting the world for the good is needed more than ever and touching on women well, every man should know how to treat a woman because every man knows how to treat his mom every man knows how to treat his sister and every man knows 
how to treat his daughter. Every man knows how to treat every woman in his family. Well, therefore, he shouldn't treat any other woman any other way. And moving on, another thing I want to tackle concerning manhood is vision. Men should live with the vision. They should have a purpose, goals and desires to achieve them in life. Vision is what gives vigor to a man's life. Goals is what gives a man meaning behind what he does. A man with a plan is a happy man. As men, we should live every day with a desire to conquer. Don't be afraid to set aims. Don't be afraid to reach for the highest standard. Don't be afraid to dream, but rather dare to. When God created Adam, he gave Adam the world and a wife. He told Adam and his wife, be fruitful and multiply, subdue the land. God wanted Adam to make an impact on the world. God wanted Adam to raise the standard of his image upon it. God creates no man without a calling. He creates no man without a vision. And he makes no man without a destiny. Find your calling in life. Find your purpose. Pray about it. Ask about it. Ask others. Whatever it is, live with the mission to accomplish it. A man was designed to lead. Nobody will follow a man unless that man has a vision to follow. A man will always find a place in society. The world has more than enough room for men who are capable of filling them. A man is always in demand, whether it's in society, in nations, communities, and especially the home. Manhood leads to brotherhood. Manhood leads to fatherhood. You can't show yourself a man if you don't show love to your brothers. You can't show yourself a man and you don't show up in your child's life. You can't show yourself a man without showing yourself approved. Read, study, and learn. If you don't have a male figure in your life, learn about the male figures in the Bible. David was a man of courage. Solomon was a man of wisdom. Joseph was a man of integrity. Daniel was a man of excellence. Job was a man of patience. Jesus was a man that every man should look like. Jesus was in the lineage of David, the son of David. Jesus was wiser and greater than Solomon. Jesus was more pure than Joseph. Jesus excelled further than Daniel. Jesus endured more than Job by enduring the cross. Jesus is the man behind the creation of man. His words were kind, but yet firm. 
his actions compassionate, but yet authoritative. He spoke with love, but with authentic truth. When Jesus spoke, he didn't stir emotions. He stirred investigation. When women heard him speak, they were not flattered. They were moved. Jesus didn't waste time playing games. He was a carpenter. He was independent. He was industrious. He was about his father's business. Jesus lived with a vision and a mission to save the world. And he's the only man who can make you one. A man is not a man by what he possesses, but by the God who possesses his manhood. Christ can turn a boy into a man. Christ can turn a broken man into a happy man. Christ can make a man out of any man who makes an excuse not to be one. Look unto Jesus and you will never lose your manhood. God bless and until next time.